0: Friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. This is a special episode where we are sharing a portion of the That Sounds Fun tour live shows from the past spring with you all. Before we dive into today's conversation, a quick word from one of our amazing partners, BetterHelp. A thing we have learned from our friend John Eldridge is that sometimes we need to check in about what prescription we need to write for our own healing after a challenging couple of years. So many friends are experiencing burnout, fatigue, lack of motivation. It's why I remind y'all to rest hard and play hard every weekend and why my team and I are taking some time off this summer. I want each of us to do what we can to care for ourselves well. Another way we can guard against burnout is with therapy. Y'all know this, but my counselor has been a godsend for me. And I want you to have the same type of help available to you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours that sounds fun friends get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com that sounds fun that's b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p.com that sounds fun Okay, so as I said earlier, for the podcast episodes in July, each episode we are sharing part of two different live shows from the That Sounds Fun tour this past February. If you have missed any so far this month, go back and listen. They are some of my favorite conversations, and that is true of today, too. Today, you'll hear from journalist, author, and podcaster Paula Ferris. Yes, the Paula Ferris that you remember co-anchoring Good Morning America weekend and co-hosting The View, and after that, the brilliant and funny political strategist, podcaster, and writer Michael Ware. Listen, I love this combo. I mean, we paired up the guests on purpose, but then when I think about the pairs again, I'm so happy with how it all... All lined up. I just think this is like a brilliant episode. I know y'all are going to love how poignant, wise, and fun these two are. And these were two of our favorite cities to be in as well. So I'm having great memories as I am even thinking about these two nights. So here are portions of my conversation for the That Sounds Fun live tour with Paula Ferris in Greenville, South Carolina. We loved that place. And Michael Ware, our first show of the tour in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And now, will you please join me in welcoming today's guest, our friend, Paula Ferris?
1: Hi, everybody. Hi, Greenville. This is home now. How, yeah, how close do you live to here?
0: I mean, don't tell us your address. That's creepy.
1: (laughs) About an hour away. Okay. So we live near Clemson in Seneca area. Anybody from Clemson, Seneca?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: I'm still a Michigan fan, though. But Clemson's a close second. Okay,
0: wow. That was like a lot to give them in a second. Like, yeah, so we Michigan, yo. Yes, did
1: okay. I, I did, did I tell you that before no. the, the national championship game? No. We yeah. should have talked about it. We should I would have enjoyed that conversation. Yeah, that wouldn't have been fun. <laughs> that would not have been How fun. competitive
0: do you get about football?
1: I'm insanely, football, insanely competitive. Are you? Yeah, so I grew up in Jackson, Michigan. Anyone from Michigan? See, we have wow, some Michiganders. Wow, are everywhere. Okay. I grew up in Jackson, Michigan, just outside of Ann Arbor. My whole family went to Michigan. So, like, I have been diehard Michigan Wolverine fan forever. But ended up going to a small college in Ohio, and now we're living in South Carolina. So Okay. Will
0: you talk Mm -hmm. about that process a little? Because maybe the last time people saw you was on The View, mm-hmm. or on Good Morning America, Correct. and then a pandemic, and now you live here. <laughs>
1: now I live. It's like a Wizard yes. of Oz. You
0: got, stuck, got sucked up in a tornado and dropped yes. in South Carolina.
1: Basically, yeah. yeah. Now I live in a town of 2,800 people. Oh my God. It's great though, but it has been whiplash. So yeah, so I was at ABC, um, worked at Good Morning America in The View. I was there for nine years and um, my sister ended up moving to the upstate i love this part of the country she moved to about sorry this is called the upstate the upstate okay mm-hmm. thanks Yep, the upstate why because it's upstate i don't i mean are we in the top of south carolina yeah it kind of looks Great. like a bird we're by the head the beak area it kind of looks bit. like a bird and kinda, we're by the it, head it re- yes i know exactly what you me mean of a bird, right? no, i'm with you yeah yeah right. i know See, exactly what you
0: mean i don't remember so where it was it going the upstate with that. the up or is it the up and over Up and and over. over. It's the bird
1: head. Yes, it's the bird head. Exactly. Why did they just call it the bird head? So, um, I don't know. Why don't we just call it the bird head? Changed it. You did. You and me. Okay, we did. So we ended up visiting when we were living in New York. My sister moved to the upstate, up and over, about eight years ago. And so my husband and I and our three kids would come down over the summers and visit her. And we're like, where is is this place where mm. it's so beautiful and in many ways it reminded us of michigan yeah um you know with lake michigan the freshwater lakes in the area so every summer we started coming down to the upstate to visit my sister and my husband's in real estate so we decided to buy an investment property it just so happened and this is god's timing <laughs> um it just so happened that the investment property was ready um three months before the pandemic hit and i knew that i was leaving abc and, um, we needed to get out of New York for a little bit because the world yeah. shut down. So we came down, you know, to our investment property thinking that we'd be there a couple of weeks and we never left cause we just love it. So kind of blew up our lives a little bit, but yeah. we're really, really happy. That was a lot
0: to unpack, wasn't it? I'm very interested. Okay. We're going to unpack it. Where, where are we going
1: to go back? Well, I yeah. just
0: want to know what you, I mean, I love asking this question. What do you know about God now that you didn't, when you were in New York?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, thank God we get what we need and not what we want. Oh, right? you better say that. I mean, God's the, the next chapter of our life. We always want a sneak peek at it. That's not how it works. Yeah. But I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for the pain. Okay, so a couple of years ago, and I wrote about it in my book called Out in 2018, you know, at the height of my career. And I just, I, I felt like the the values that I was professing were clashing with the choices I was making. I needed to pump the brakes. I was so burned out um, at work. And, you know, it's like, what good is it for a man or woman to gain the world, but lose lose their soul in the process? And I really felt like God was saying, pump the brakes. And so I pumped the brakes. I stepped away from anchoring GMA. I stepped away from the view and I asked ABC, I said, can I just step into this much less prestigious position where I can have balance? You know, that's what a lot of working moms are looking for. And parents are looking for, we're looking for balance. Right. So they were, they were good with it for about a year. And then, um, They decided not to resign resign me and that was right when the pandemic hit so when we came down to south carolina you know we were trying to make a lot of decisions if we stay in new york you know i'm probably gonna have to get another job in television and god just didn't put that in my heart i really wanted to try other things yep and so i just thank god we got what we needed and not what we wanted nobody really wants to lose their job especially during the pandemic, and sometimes change is chosen for you. In 2018, when I pumped the brakes, that was my choice, but then when they decided not to renew my contract, that was not my choice, but I think God can teach us so much through pain, and he pushed us on a path that was really hard, and there was a huge ego blow at first, but I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because we, I mean, every day we wake up, and my husband and I are now working from home, primarily, and we have balance, you know? Yeah. We were very invested in our children. It's just like, we, we couldn't have scripted it any more beautifully, honest to God. Yeah. And that was all God. Yeah. So if I tried to script it, I wouldn't have even been able to imagine it looking like this.
0: I think your story is really interesting to pay attention to because you did walk away when you were at the top of the game. Tell me about the morning when you're like, I think I'm actually going to say this out loud.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I wrestled with it a lot. And I honestly don't really feel like it was totally my choice. You you talked earlier about joy and sorrow coexisting. And I think fear and peace coexist too. Like we can have a peace that we're supposed to do something, but we can still be scared as hell about it. And I just had this peace in my spirit that I needed to pump the brakes. But I was so scared at the same time, I was right. scared of what other would pe- people would think of me—that I was a has-been, that um, you know, I was. People would think I was washed up, that I was doing the stupidest thing I could ever do. You know, I had people tell me I was ruining my career, and I, I understood all of that, and I was so freaked out. But the reason why I say I don't really feel like it was my choice is because God really allowed some sequential tragedies to happen in a short period of time wow. to get my attention, and I think. Sometimes we can be brave enough and courageous enough to listen to that still small voice. You need to do this even though you're scared. For me, I literally had to get hit over the head. Within seven months, I had a miscarriage with an emergency surgery. I got in a head-on car crash. I was literally hit in the head with an object when I was going live right before Good Morning America. What? Right before my live show. I was a fluke accident, just a, a fluke, fluke, fluke thing that happened. But what so, did you do? I said some inappropriate things but thank god i mean i was hit in the head with an apple about 60 miles an hour it like blew up it was so so some kids yeah i know it's bill nye there why is there an apple the science guy was not there it was the creepiest morning it was literally like 10 seconds before i was going on for for good morning america and all of a sudden just like boom okay i didn't know what hit me like we thought we were under attack Okay, yeah. but yeah, it was an apple. The surveillance video, according to the NYPD, she said it was going about 60 miles an hour. So it's like taking a, a fastball yes. right right here. Yes. And had it hit me in the face, it would have shattered my face. But that caused a concussion. Okay, yeah. so I was knocked out of work for a little bit. Sorry, where did the apple come from? Um, oh, yeah, the, the apple. Okay, sorry. So the surveillance, sorry, surveillance video is two high school kids, presumably with backpacks on, on their way. To they were running down the subway steps to the subway. If you've apple. been in New York, yes. Could never find them, but that's okay. I forgive them. Oh, we will them. now we are looking actually I forgive them because they were a part of my journey. You know, and wow. they're teenage boys and there's no frontal lobes. And I have two boys and I understand that. You know, they act and then they the think journey, yeah. Yeah, it's, wow. they act and then they think and they smell. Yeah. So I'm right there with Mike. <laughs> so yeah, so miscarriage, concussion, head-on car crash. Then I got um, influenza which turned into pneumonia. And at that point, I'm like, all right, God, I think you got Something's my attention. Yes. Something, yes. You're, you're, you're saying if you don't slow down, I'm going to slow you down. And I think often that's how God gets our attention, often through pain, yeah. right? So it was at that point I was like, fine, I'll do it. I'll step away. Everybody's gonna think I'm crazy. I don't wanna do it, but I have a piece about it. And I had lunch with the president of ABC News and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And there was a sense of relief, but a sense of what the heck did I just do?
0: How real is the morning show compared to a morning show?
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't have to know all that. I'm just like, you just said, I had lunch with the president of ABC News, and I'm like, the only other person I've seen do that is Reese Witherspoon. (laughs)
1: So Okay. It's, I will, people ask me that all the time, and yes, I watch the show. Um, It's an exaggerated version of reality. So a lot of that stuff does happen, unfortunately, and shockingly, there's a lot of egos. Yeah. but it's an exaggerated version of reality. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston actually came to our studio to do some recon and to watch how, how we operated. She came to the Good Morning America studio in the control room, and I had a chance to talk to her about what TV was like, especially for women. And I'm like, well, yeah. we get judged based on what we wear, literally. Like people don't care what questions we're asking and how smart we are. We're literally reduced to your necklace was twisted. You know, yeah. that's those are the types of emails we get as women in media often, unfortunately.
0: Has that changed now for you? Is that, I mean, do you still feel that judged in the work you're doing now? Girl, I
1: almost came here in a Waffle House sweatshirt. Yes, you
0: did. She did ask me. She texted me this week and I said, please wear that.
1: You know, the only reason I didn't wear it because my 14-year-old daughter, these are her shoes, by the way, and my husband, they're like, you can't do that. Like, literally, we're going to save you from yourself because I err on the, other, on the side of like way too casual. Uh huh. Um, so no, I, 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 I am in my comfort zone with jeans yes. and tennis shoes on and a yes. sweatshirt.
0: Do you miss New York?
1: No. Okay, Mm-mm. great. I don't. I mean, it's yeah. fun. I was, it was a wonderful chapter. And that's the other thing, joy and sorrow, right? I can be expecting about this next chapter and be thankful For that last beautiful chapter that we experienced as a family and wonderful experiences, sad how it ended, right? Really sad how it ended, but it doesn't take away the joy that we experienced, but it's a chapter, and the chapter's closed, and we're moving on to this next chapter, and this is home for us. New York always felt like home for now, but it never felt like home. I'm not a New Yorker. My motto was I like to visit and I love to leave. It's just, it's so fun to visit New York, but to actually live there, its, it's, it's it takes a different breed, really. Yeah. It's a frenzied pace, and... Um, Unless you're you know, I have a lot of friends who are native New Yorkers and that's you know, they're used to that vibe. Yeah. I grew up with a cornfield in my backyard. So yeah. I you know, my vibe is a little bit more laid back, but to each his own. Yeah. So
0: people always ask me if I can move anywhere, would I move, and I'm always like, I'd move to New York on Jimmy Fallon's budget. <laughs>
1: like I don't want to yeah, live it's on true. my budget. It's
0: I don't true. need nine roommates.
1: No, it's true. But when if I could have
0: Jimmy Fallon's budget right. and I could live in a really fancy place in the middle of town and 100%. people drive me places, yes. I'm very it interested. would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yes. I was telling my
1: friend Jennifer When we first moved to New York, um, we lived in a very small, I would say like one and a half bedroom apartment, the four of us and I got pregnant with our third, we had no washer dryer and I'm thinking, I am not about to wash 300 baby blowouts with, you know, like I'm not going to take that to the laundry. It was just, it's just a different life, right? You know, you you can't park anywhere. 16th floor, it's a walk up, you know, like it's just, it's just different. It's, it's just children. Yes, it's different yeah. it, and it it was really exciting for a while. And it was like, it's a part of our adventure. I mean, to live in Manhattan, I look back at it and we have such fond memories and our yeah. kids really had great experiences, but this is home now and we are embracing it and we're really loving it. And again, thank God we got what we needed yeah. and not what we wanted.
0: Hey friends, just interrupted this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners pros. Who doesn't want healthy-looking hair? Listen, I know I do, and I know my people do here in the office, and my Pro's products are for sure helping that happen for me. Pros is the world's most personalized hair care. They take natural ingredients and combine them in innovative ways to give us clean hair care with incredible results. Their formulas offer answers to your individual hair needs, not the same old solutions that target everyone's issues. I use Pro's customized shampoo and conditioner and have for over a year. My hair is shinier, fuller, and more manageable than I can. Can ever remember. It's the kind of health y'all notice through the camera on my Insta stories and are so very polite and kind to point out. I took their online hair consultation. We love a quiz. And I answered questions about my hair washing and styling habits, my hair's texture and my goals for it, even where I live, so that they could factor in weather and environmental factors. The consultation analyzes over 80. Five personal factors. And then pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Then, a few days later, these amazing smelling personalized products show up on my doorstep. You can always tweak your formula using the review and refine feature, which I have done after I got my hair colored a few months ago. You recall this tragedy, drama, journey we went on with my hair color. I changed my formula after that and it has been so, so helpful. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Prose is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. Good for our hair and good for our world. Yes, please. If you're not 100% positive Prose is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back. No questions asked. Prose is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Literally, your name is on the bottle. I love mine. It says any So take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's prose.com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz and you can be next at prose.com slash that sounds fun. Okay, let me tell you what else you're going to love. This next amazing partner I get to tell you about Catalina Crunch Cereal. Okay, so real talk. Cooking is not top of my hashtag TSF best summer ever list or even close. So Catalina Crunch Cereal is here to save the day. No oven involved, but lots of protein, lots of flavor, low carb and zero sugar. It helps me feel fuller and longer and it'll do the same for you. It's made with all clean ingredients. Y'all literally, there's nothing artificial in Catalina Crunch Cereal. Here are some numbers in case you're a numbers person. 10,000... Catalina Crunch has 10,000 five-star ratings. And eight. They have eight amazing flavors for you to choose from. Honey graham, fruity, maple waffle, mint chocolate. Interested? Cinnamon toast, dark chocolate, chocolate peanut butter, and chocolate banana. Uh, listen, they're all delicious on their own, but mixing them together is like an extra fun little thing you can try. Like dark chocolate and maple waffle together, okay, or a honey graham and chocolate banana. That is a combo. That is a combo. Get yourself that variety pack and let us know your favorite flavor combo. The only rule is that you cannot blame me if you fall in love with all of them. That is not on me. That's on you. And it is delicious, and I'll understand. Just go to CatalinaCrunch.com that sounds fun for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. That's CatalinaCrunch.com that sounds fun. And if you're not sure which flavor to start with, try that variety pack and check out their delicious cookies and snack mixes while you're at it. Again, that's CatalinaCrunch.com slash That Sounds Fun for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And remember that the links to all of our sponsors and the transcripts as soon as they're available are included in the show notes below. But we'll also email them all to you on Fridays if you sign up for the AFD Week in Review email. That link is in the show notes below. And now back to our conversation with Paula. Paula. When you left, you came to Nashville. We had dinner uh, in 2020. Was it
1: 2021?
0: I, you came through town. It doesn't I, matter. I can't
1: even remember. It was after y'all What had... month are we in right now? Like, uh, exactly, I, like Don't right? ever ask me can't for know. dates. Yes. Um, but yes, I believe it was 2020. Yeah.
0: And it was after y'all had moved. And I, an interesting part of the story to me was the part that you talked about earlier of like you left and didn't know you weren't
1: going back. Right. I, that's true. Like we packed probably four changes of clothes. Yeah. So I was like kids, you know, we're just we're just getting in the car, pack four changes of clothes. I don't think the boys packed underwear. <laughs> I mean, like we literally were like we're going and coming right back. Yeah. And nobody knew what was happening in March of 2020. Funny story when my f- husband first went back to New York, I was like, "Can you grab me some clothes cuz all I have is the four outfits that I brought and whatever Walmart has provided yeah. me, you know, locally." So I was like, "Bring me back a couple of changes of clothes cuz he was still working in New York going back and forth." And he brought me and this was Summertime, by the way, he brought me back leather pants, (laughs) two wool skirts, oh my gosh, and two bikinis that I don't know why I even have them in my in my drawer anymore; they don't fit. But that's literally what he brought back, and I was like, I I asked you to bring back some clothes, and he's like, well, you weren't specific. So (laughs) leather
0: pants and jeans. Tell you who you think I am? Exactly. (laughs) I think a lot of us have experienced. I mean, tragedies are shaped like that, right? Like you don't know the last time you're saying goodbye to somebody. You sometimes don't know the last time you're going to a job or the last time you're going to see a friend or see a family member. How did you process the grief of when you suddenly knew
1: you weren't going back to that life? I think that was the hardest part of it for me was there was no closure. Right. But I also know I'm not the only one that was going through that, right? Um, You know, when I... I didn't know we weren't going to be going back. I didn't get to pack my house up. I didn't get to go back to my house and say goodbye to anything. I'm still to this day searching for things. And John's like, don't ask. You asked me. I asked him to pack the whole house up by himself. So whatever has landed in South Carolina, I should just be thankful for. Right. Poor guy. But I wasn't able to go back to ABC and gather my belongings because of COVID there was literally no closure. And I think that was, I really had, I really mourned that. Yeah. Um, I did get a chance to go back to New York over the summer or wait, what month are we in? February. A couple of months ago. Right. Thank yeah. you. I had a chance to go back to New York and just say goodbye to some of my friends. Cause I literally felt like we just disappeared in the middle of the night right. and it was really hard. And it's still, it's still hard, I think. Um, and that can be, a, you know when it comes to change especially when the change might not be your choice that's just something that you have to reconcile again I can I I choose not to reflect on that yes there's sadness but there's so much joy there yeah. was so much joy and there is so much joy still to come yeah. so it's a matter of just acknowledging it um, it's part of the story I can't change it yeah. I wish I could but I can't so I think it's important to hear you say that because I have
0: found myself trying to work through a door that closed and locked behind me without my permission.
1: It's hard. Yeah, it's just hard. And, you know, you, I am the type of person that I want closure. I'm, yeah. I, I'm a challenger. I'm like, okay, let's just get everybody at the table. Let's figure it out. We don't all have to agree, but let's at least talk about it. And when the door is just shut behind you and you have no say in the matter, it's really tough. Yes. And I think for me, I had to realize a lot of it was just... I needed it. My ego needed it. Yeah. Right? And it's hard to just let go. It's like it's it's not easy. I I don't think I have let it go. I've just learned to process it and it's part of it's just part of the story. It's part yeah. of the package, it's right? It's of the whole deal, it's right? Joy and sorrow. Yes. Coexisting, yes. right? In this world you will have trouble. Yes. But and that's, that's the what thing I think is when
0: people are expecting to not have trouble, I'm always like, no. <laughs> I did too. I mean, I, in my, I think I spent more of my 20s disappointed that I was having troubles yep. than
1: grateful for the days that weren't. Mm, yep. Right. I know. It's like, the, it's just that paradigm shift. Where's our perspective? Yes. Our perspectives on the wrong thing. But that is one thing that helped get me through it. And I think, you know, get through this transition with our family and when things just didn't feel fair. I'm like, in this world, we will have trouble, but take heart. Yeah. I've overcome the world. And mm. I just have to remember, we were never promised a pain-free, painless life. Yeah. Right. There's trouble. And life's imperfect, but we know who has the final move on the chessboard. And that's what we're supposed to take heart in. How have the kids been with the move? They they struggled a little bit at first, but they've really acclimated well. And I think, I've had people ask me this, like, we're considering a big move. I think that kids, just like you were talking to the woman that came on stage about how you can um, model fun, the same with change. Like, we had Uh, to model behavior. And they're looking for cues from us about how we're adjusting. And if we're miserable, they're going to be miserable. But if we're joyful, I think they feed off of that. One of the greatest things that we did was, and it was hard, was getting them involved in sports. We're a big sports family. Getting them involved in sports, getting involved in our church. You know, joining a small group, making sure the kids are in youth group. I actually invited my daughter to come tonight, yes. but she said she wanted to go to youth group. I love that. I mean. I loved it. I know. So I think just modeling that behavior, but getting connected. Yeah. Really getting connected has helped um, sports for our family. It's not just, you know balls and strikes yeah. and touchdowns for us. Like I think sports is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your child about what life is supposed to be about. Life's not always fair, right? Life's about others. It's not just about you. It's about getting along with people. It's about taking a back seat. Sometimes you gotta step up to the plate. Sometimes you have to cheer your teammates on. Yeah. Sometimes things happen that just aren't fair. It's about resiliency. Yeah. So um, getting my kids involved in sports is really, really huge. And now you have started building new things, right? I have, I mean,
0: yes. So talk about your podcast first. If y'all aren't listening to Paula's podcast, I need oh, you to start. I mean, you. you are so good at asking. I mean, duh, she worked for Good Morning America. But no, you're but so, so good at asking I'm questions. I'm nosy. I'm just
1: nosy. People. Yes. I mean, I really am. My nickname growing up was Paula 20 questions. So <laughs> I did, I did a, a podcast when I was at ABC called Journeys of Faith. And this is why I say peace and fear can coexist. You know, when we first came down to South Carolina and we're here and we really felt a peace from God saying stay. And we're like, what? Surely you didn't just say that. Like, why? A, what's here for us? You know, we have our family, my sister here, but I didn't have a job. Um, My husband's job was back in Manhattan, 2000. Quite a commute. Quite a commute. But God just said, stay. And we're like, both my husband and I were feeling that. And we're like, okay, we're going to stay. And we're just going to trust. And that's the thing. Like, we want God to say, stay because I've got this for you. Who, all he said was stay. And so we stayed. Ugh. And then, you know, our big fear was, you know, financial. I don't, I'm out of a job soon. And we don't know if he's going to continue working for his firm because he's thousands of miles away. Right. He's supposed to be running this office. And out of nowhere, I was approached by Access More. And if you guys are familiar with K-Love and Air One, Access More, they're like sister networks. It's the podcasting wing of of K-Love and and Air One. And they're like, would you be interested in doing a podcast? And I was like, well, can I do it from my house? (laughs) (laughs) And... They have allowed me to do that. So it's been really great. I just, it's the Faith and Calling podcast. I talk to people about what they're called to do, who they're called to be. I'm really passionate that God doesn't call you vocationally to do one thing for the rest of your life. Oh, I I think so too. Talk about it. No, so I think like, and I was so stuck on. I have to be a broadcaster. What am I outside of it? But God just showed me when I called you, when I call you to something, I'll equip you. And wow. he's going to use the gifts and talents that you have. My, I'm nosy. I'm curious. I ask yeah. questions. And I, I'm using that in other avenues and in other lanes. So it's, um, it's just been really freeing to try new things. I'm launching a, I just launched a media company. I'm not an entrepreneur, I had to raise money. So I had this on my heart when I was working in it. I don't know if there's any mamas out there, but like I just, the workforce is not set up to support parents, to support moms. We're so do we burnt have working out. moms
0: in the room? Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: We're, we're just so burnt out. We're juggling a thousand things, we're exhausted and we never feel like we're nailing it, right? Yeah. So God just put that on my heart while I was at, while I was at ABC. And I'm like, I'd really love to just champion the working mama, whether she's working because she has to, because she wants to, whether she was forced out, whether yeah. she's pumped the brakes for a little bit like me. And I don't know what I am. Am I a s- stay at home mom, independent contractor? What am I in this yeah. new season? But I really just want to champion that, that mother who's struggling to juggle, who's just doesn't feel like she's nailing it. And we want to make sure that the workplace does better by her because I believe with all that's in me that moms are superheroes with superpowers equipped through parenthood. You know, we can get it done in 10 minutes. We are so efficient. We're visionaries. We're empaths. We're incredible leaders. So instead of the workplace treating us like a risk or a liability, you know what? They should try to actually attract and retain us as employees, right? So... That's what I'm really passionate about, my media company. It's called Carrie Media. Like yeah, we, why'd you
0: name it that? C A R R Y. Carry Media.
1: We want to help carry women through these important moments. Ooh. So yes, yeah, C A R R Y, we just launched it. We started with a weekly newsletter that's all about lessening the load for the working mom, cheering her on, giving her something to laugh at too. So
0: And literally next week is it this week's email is with Hoda.
1: This week's just a yeah, little
0: interview with Hoda, casual. Yeah, so is that just a phone call you can make? Yeah, you can. Okay. I mean, I will okay, say like, face. I will yeah. say for the audio, no, 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 no. that's a
1: yes. No, but it's like true. Like I have felt so ill-equipped. I'm not a business person and I'm, I'm not an entrepreneur, but God has told me I have a piece about it. He's like, use the gifts I gave you. Wow. I can connect with, I, I have yes. great connections. And that's the one thing about God is nothing is wasted in his economy. Yes. So you might have a job from 20 years ago it's all going to come back around, yes. right? And so nothing nothing that you do is ever wasted in God's economy. But And you never delete Hoda Hoda's phone number. Ever. Well, actually, what? I don't have Hoda's number, but I have her best friend's number. I count. So, I can contact Jenna Bush or Savannah Guthrie, and they can get to her.
2: Oh, and I okay. will,
1: and I and if I don't have Sorry. your number? Wait, her best friend? Do you mean Savannah Guthrie? No. Yes. Okay. Not my best friend, yeah. but Hoda's best friend. Right.
0: No. <laughs> Right, I have her best friend's number, someone you may have heard of. No, but I... She was on the parade. She sits next to Hoda on the parade. Yes, and she's she lovely. She really nice Guy's phone number. She's... I like him a
1: lot. I don't. Okay, can you get but it? But I can find him for you. Yeah, yeah, I just want to know the him. See, that's the thing. I'm so nosy, and I'm like incessant, and I will just go after it. God knows that I'm like a bulldog. If you just release me, I'll go get it. Yeah. So
0: that's what I'm doing. The last question we always ask. Because the
1: show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Just one thing? Uh, no, never. Okay. Um, I was thinking just like some simple things. Any of you play the game sequence? Yeah. I'm obsessed. Okay. Like, seriously, if you and I played it, it'd go down. <laughs> I get very competitive. I believe you. It sounds so fun to me uh-huh. no my husband and I because we work from home um we had a lunch date at yeah. the kitchen table and I was yeah. like let's play sequence and just something simple like that was yes. so it was the highlight of my week yeah that's, that's
0: really great do y'all keep a bunch of board games at your house
1: we do okay are y'all don't like board play a, game people um we have some board yes. games that we play more than others so yes we have accumulated probably Forty and I think we probably only play four. okay, that's but how it se- goes but sequence Merry I'm Christmas telling you from all the grandparents all the things yes. sequence is I just I my kids play, but my husband and I play like yeah. every, my mom and my eighty two year old mom plays yeah. and she beat me and she just she had a stroke nine months ago and yes. she's like, these numbers confuse me. I'm like, well, you just kicked my butt. So <laughs> you're doing fine. It's mom.
0: amazing how she's healed. Let's give Paula Ferris a round of applause. Oh, thank you for thank joining you. us. A friend, she's so much fun to spend time with, isn't she? Gosh, I love Paula. I love her. I love her. Well, prepare thyself, because so is our next guest. Let's jump into our conversation with Michael Ware. Will you please join me in welcoming our very special guest tonight, my friend, Michael Ware. Yay! Hi, hi, hi. Welcome. Can we hug? Are we scared? Hi. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Yeah. Please take a seat on the couch. Also, please don't drink my water. That one's yours. Okay, okay great. Um, Michael, thanks for being here.
2: It's great to be here. It's yeah, so yeah.
0: fun. I just Feel love like, getting yeah, to see Yeah, this seat. is really special. Have you done a live podcast before? No, this is the don't first Don't screw this now. up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do my best. Okay, great.
0: Yeah. Um, will you start, for our friends who haven't met you yet, will you start by just giving a little overview of who you are you can talk about the wife and the kids and also the public sector, who you are publicly.
2: Yeah. So I'm uh, Michael Ware. Really good to be <laughs> with y'all. Uh, uh, I'm from Buffalo, New York, so not too far away. Uh, hey. We're going to talk
0: about it. I know we got to talk okay. about it. Okay. All right. Uh, what is a Buffalo, per- a Buffaloian?
2: Buffalonian, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Buffalonians yeah. here. I love We're to hear talk it. About it. So I grew up in Buffalo. Uh, Grew up in sort of a big Italian Catholic family, uh, but nominally so uh, faith wasn't too important uh, growing up to to me. I was even a little antagonistic towards it, but became a Christian when I was 15 after reading Romans. um, Really? And changed my life. I never
0: heard that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just read it yourself? Uh,
2: (laughs) My uh, sister dragged me to a youth group And uh, my sister's like five, six years older. At that point, I thought, well, I'll just go show her how silly all of this is. And I hated the youth group. They were, well, so I get there, right?
0: (laughs) It's like, well, I'm about to tell you what youth group was like in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah. So I get there, right? And there's, she has a friend who knows I'm not a Christian, comes up to me, say hello. Before I could get a word in, she goes, what's your favorite book of the Bible? And of course, she knows yeah. I don't have a favorite book of the Bible. Uh, before I could answer, she goes, "Well, mine is Hezekiah," and I said, "What a qu- thats mine too." <laughs> oh, I love no. that book. Love that book. Read it all the time. <laughs> uh, and of course, it wasn't until years later I found out there is no book <laughs> Hezekiah. Uh, it's just the meanest thing. that That you is could the meanest do. thing. And now I'm on Annie Downs' podcast <laughs> telling the world about what it. What is her first and that's last right. Day. Yeah. No, 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 no. no, that's no. Right. yeah. Uh, so uh, but on the way out of the youth group, there was a volunteer there who was handing out tracks of Romans. And oh no gosh. commentary, no, I know like very, I mean, very like, you know, people scoff at tracks, but but I, I can't scoff because it was it was me. And yeah. so got Romans and read it and it, it really changed things for me. For a while, I thought, well, now I need to go to seminary, become a pastor, just want to do the most Christian thing possible, but I was interested in civics before. And I, thankfully, I had a pastor in my life who said, you know, Michael, if you look around, there are Christians who aren't pastors. <laughs> like, Guess
0: what? There are Christians who have other jobs. Yeah, Michael. I was like,
2: man, keen observational <laughs> skills. <laughs> Uh, And so I I, very early on the vocational question in my life was what does it mean to be faithful in with public things and so that led me to DC and Ended up working in the White House um, for three and a half years, worked on presidential campaigns. And, Very casually
0: says he worked in the White House for three and a half years, <laughs> yeah,
2: yes. Yeah, n- not the Waffle House. No. Y'all heard about that <laughs> <laughs> earlier. Although, I wish. Yeah, I mean, I hope that season is coming. Uh, but, <laughs> it's not too but, late. But, Keep yeah, dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Keep dreaming. So I did that, and um, my wife is from Buffalo, and we have two beautiful girls, Sersha and Alaria, and we're just in a good season right now raising yeah. those girls. Yeah.
0: How old was it when you and Melissa, how old were you when you and Melissa met?
2: Oh, like 14, 13. Right. Yeah. Was she a Christian then? Uh, yeah, so she was working in the kids ministry of the church that my sister dragged me to. Uh, Is that and how you so, No, so we met Show choir, obviously. Let's go, obviously. 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 And so, no, but we went to middle school. We didn't really know each other in middle school, but high school. And then she went to college. She's a year younger. She went to D.C. for school after. And we we just hit 10 years this summer. That is
0: awesome. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. And those girls. They're incredible. Y'all have got to follow him on Instagram. Sure, for the good stuff, but for the girls. I mean, they are, they have his hair. Oh. It's just yeah. everywhere. It's adorable.
2: No, no. They're, they're my, my, uh, my three-year-old is, I mean, they're both joys. My three-year-old very much has my personality. We just had her first Christmas pageant oh. uh, at preschool, and they're all supposed to be walking up to the stage in a single-file line. going to be a really organized experience. Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, Which is easy for a bunch of three year olds. Oh, yeah. so yeah. So,
2: well, easy for all of them except for uh, my Sersha, <laughs> who breaks out of the line, steps up onto the stairs, turns to the audience and goes, Ladies and gentlemen, no. boys and girls, it's our Christmas show. You, <laughs> and, uh, you are
0: lying to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I kind of wanted to do that when I came out.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. You could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that she did that. Oh, are y'all she's watching incredible. Encanto?
2: We we have and Melissa and I were just talking about maybe introducing that. She likes Luca. She likes Frozen.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: Daniel Tiger is is her pal right now. Oh yeah,
0: a, a big crowd response to Daniel yeah, Tiger. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and, You know, Daniel helps her deal with her emotions and yes. very helpful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. I just I'm ready to see her singing along to We Don't Talk About Bruno. I'm just, I feel like I'm born for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: No, it's coming. It's coming. She love
0: Italian food as much as the rest of the family. She
2: does. And my, my 10 month old baby does. We, we, uh, I made them pasta. Just. Who makes
0: this pasta? Everyone makes the pasta.
2: So Saoirse is already helping me. She'll do the pasta roller. (laughs) Only it's, you know, it's like hard to, so she like grunts as she does it. (laughs) uh, uh," And I'm like, baby, you got to keep it moving. Okay. Like (laughs) this is a process here. Uh, Uh, And then my 10-month-old just pounds it away. She's incredible, yeah.
0: Okay, your favorite thing to cook. What is it? What's the the meal?
2: Oh, goodness. You know, I made, I was staying with some friends in California, and I taught their 4-year-old boy to make pasta, and we made cavatelli, which are really nice. And you make it with egg, and, and that's a really good meal. And then my wife likes sausage in the skillet with grapes. The grapes sort of With let grapes? out all their juices, and it becomes like a syrup. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If
0: Melissa was here, I'd make her come right now and explain to me her eating grapes and sausage. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. oh, she she would at length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she'd she'd love to have that conversation. Um,
0: yeah. That pasta. Will you tell me a shape? Some people responded they clearly could have pictured the shape. I can't picture what cavatelli is. It's
2: almost like a gnocchi, only okay. no.
0: <laughs> that means it's a little ball, a little square. A little pillow. Yeah, so you keep what, doing this with your thumb, yeah, yeah, yeah. indicating I'm so supposed to look. So
2: you, so you, uh, so you get like a, you j- just get like a little, um, a gosh, what does it look like? And then you just like <laughs> press it, you just flip it. <laughs> you just, just
0: get a little and press it. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You just, it Very looks like Italian a of you. Well, yeah,
0: done. yeah, yeah. I respect look, it. It
2: looks like a pasta, Annie. Yeah. All right, okay. Annie, it's pasta.
0: <laughs> just, eat, just eat what I'm serving you. Just yeah, eat it. That's right. Um, one of our favorite things across these 12 conversations we get to have live. Is it matters a lot to me that we have good variety because not only are our friends here with us, but everyone, you know, yeah, our whole sure. crowd's getting to hear all twelve of them. I want us to talk about what you are most known for publicly, which is political things. Yeah. So we're gonna go there. Are y'all ready?
2: <laughs> Philly's I, not a bad place for it. So uh, that's right. yeah, good. Right.
0: That's so that's where I wanted to start is we're in such a historic city that has seen our country. A thing that you say often on social media and in and friendship is like, hey, nothing's new. This is not as bad as th- whatever the this is is not as bad as we feel like it is because something like this has happened before. So for our Philly friends and for me, will you talk about why does Philadelphia matter? What, how does Philadelphia give us hope for the future?
2: Well, look, so politics has gotten to the point where it um – The machinery of politics is uh, seeking to place claim over territory that does not belong to it. So politics is about governance. It's very important. Politics is how we govern ourselves in community. Um, And it's important, A, because we all have that responsibility. So uh, as a citizen, you do not choose to have political responsibility. You already have it. The question is just how you're going to steward it. Oh, wow. So that's but that's, so that's a
0: uniquely that's, democratic thing, right? That's, that's right. That is a gift we have.
2: That's right. It's okay. a, it's a gift and a responsibility. And political decisions affect our well-being, the well-being of our neighbors. And so, to sort of evacuate that space is a failure to live up to responsibility. It's also a sign to our neighbors that we don't care uh, what the political system does with them or how it affects them. And so politics is an essential forum. Notice I didn't say the only, but it's an essential forum for expressing our love of neighbors. What it is not is ultimate. It's not, you are not merely an assembly of political views. We are not saved by our politics and our political positions. Yes. I think I know a lot of people who have uh, maybe bad politics but have good hearts. And frankly, if I had to choose between the two, I'd choose the person who helps their neighbor in their midst when they're at the store and someone drops groceries and they help them pick it up, than someone who would uh, maybe vote in a way that they think is compassionate and this and that, but doesn't have any time for anyone around them, doesn't have any compassion for the people actually in their midst. And so politics is vital. It's one way that we could express our love of neighbor, and it's a duty and responsibility that we all have. I think Philly gives me hope, and I think just, you know, I think there, there are some things to be hopeful in this moment, which is th- there, I think, is a rise in civic interest and civic yeah, participation. Yeah, like that, right? And so I think that can be very good for the system, to have a new surge of interest and activity. I think the question now is what we, what we do with it. Right. And I think, we're now sort of four or five years into this civic uh, interest surge, and I feel like a lot of us are coming to terms with the fact that there are no quick fixes, uh, that our problems do not stem from just having this person in office or that person in office. You've heard me say before, the state of our politics reflects the state of our souls. That's the most difficult thing that you could say to folks, which is uh, at its root, yes, there are structural things that we could address, yes, you could talk about how this piece of the legislation would improve things, but uh, at the heart of the problem and the hope of our politics is the kind of people we are and the kind of people we can become, and that's the civic question I'm interested in.
0: Hey friends, just interrupting one more time to tell you about another amazing partner, Nutrafol. Every time I go to get my hair cut, I'm all questions for the stylist who does my hair. I'm always checking to be sure she isn't noticing more shedding in my hair than is normal. Do you deal with shedding and thinning hair? If so, you are not alone. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. It's so many of us. But the good news is there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women, including me, have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. So many of them say it's helping restore not only their hair's health, but also their confidence, and I love that. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, metabolism. We all deal with all five of those, right? I know. I know. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommended Neutrophil as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. And as the powerful ingredients bring your body back into balance, you can also notice improvements to your overall well-being, like more restful sleep and less stress and better skin and nails. Okay, interested. You can grow thicker Healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutriful.com and entering the promo code TSF to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, you guys, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. So get $15 off at Nutriful.com. That's spelled N U T R A F O L.com, promo code TSF. And one last amazing partner to tell you about while you're growing your hair. Do you need to grow your business too? Let's talk about Indeed. As a small business owner, when someone comes along with an easier way to do something you need to accomplish anyways, what a gift. That is what it's like when you start hiring with Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours, you know, the thing you don't have any extra love lying around, instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. Okay, so with Instant Match, over 80 80% Eight zero, you guys. 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. That is so incredible. That's according to Indeed data in the U.S. And this is kind of unheard of, but Indeed puts you in control of what you pay when you sponsor a job. You set your must-have job requirements and only pay for the applications that meet them. There's a transparent flat fee per application, and you can pause your job posting whenever you want. When you sponsor an Indeed post, you're four and a half times more more likely to get a hire according to indeed data worldwide join more than three million businesses including ours worldwide that use indeed to hire great talent fast like i said indeed's doing something no other job site has done and now with indeed businesses only pay for quality applications matching the sponsored job description visit indeed.com soundsfun fun to start hiring now just go to indeed.com soundsfun fun Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And now back to finish up our conversation with my dear friend, Michael Ware. So one of the things you are really, um, a really prolific voice in is where our faith meets our politics. But can I tell you why that stresses me out? (laughs) Not you as a person. You do not stress me out. You're a good friend. I have friends that, love Jesus deeply and we could not disagree more on politics. And what I sometimes hear in culture is if we disagree on this, you and I can't love Jesus, whether it is about the White House or masks or schools or highways. I mean, how is this possible? How is our faith being so um, affected How is our belief of each other's faith being so affected by politics? Yeah.
2: I think it has a lot to do with how we consider our faith itself. And so uh, it took me a long time to realize this. But I I, I fear that many of us have a a propositional faith, which is I'm sort of on the good side so long as I subscribe to, to these few sort of doctrinal lines that uh, so long as I provide mental assent to a few key facts, yeah. that means I'm in. And Dallas Willard called that a, a barcode Christianity. He said it was the idea that like an like a item at the grocery store, as long as you slapped the right barcode on, that Jesus couldn't tell whether you were the real deal or not. As wow. long as you had the Christian barcode on, that right. sort of it didn't matter. And I've just come to realize we view politics much in the same way. That is, as long as sort of we have the, the right propositional sort of positions, as long as we're willing to say the right slogan, then that, that is what it means to be Christian in politics. But that is not what it means to be Christian in politics. We, we need to think anew about a Christian approach to politics that is not merely about the positions we hold, but how we carry them. And this idea wow, that...
0: it's not about the positions we hold, it's how we carry them.
2: And so, so look, I, I think I think issues, positions are, are really important. I think one of the problems is is our politics is set up to be a conflict of legitimate values, and so that's something that we could always be reminding ourselves of. We want to have political debates in this country if all of the legitimate values were on one side of the equation. Right. What well, what we have is a politics where I mean I think some, uh, the school issues, the masking issues, there are really They become very passionate, very divisive. And a lot of the rhetoric, I think, is overheated. But at the heart, you have two uh, sides, so to speak, that hold very rational values that that you could say, yes, I I do agree with that. And yes, I do agree with the heart behind that assumption. And that's what we could, our politics would be so much better off if we could just remind ourselves that we're dealing with prudential questions, not ultimate questions this is prudential so important. Questions. As soon as we get to politics, we're dealing with the translation of ultimate ideas into the penultimate, into, into secondary things. Uh. And so uh, when, I, when I talk about prudential, I just, they're issues of, of prudence, of discernment. They're places where the, the application isn't necessarily one-to-one the history of public policy in this country is a history of unintended consequences. People <laughs> right. who said, we're, we're, we're aiming for this, and then all this other stuff happened that they didn't foresee, that they right. maybe even didn't want. And so we just need to have a humility about the fact that even if you think that your political convictions are grounded in some understanding of scripture or what God, that, that you are an imperfect translator. And we ought not claim God hath said, as C.S. Lewis wrote, we ought not claim God hath said about our political views when God hasn't spoken. Last time, I, uh, quote me the scripture about what rate capital gains should be taxed at. If you can <laughs> right. find that, then then I'll, it's in I'll listen. Is it Hezekiah? Uh, yeah, that's no. right. that's exactly. So you right. go back and look. That's it. They're all there. Yeah, they're all there. They're all, all there. All that is there. Oh yeah, we need to pick that up. That's uh, some Dead Sea Scrolls right, stuff. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's what we've been missing. But yeah, so it's really important, I think, that you have friends that hold different political perspectives. And again, that's not to say that differences on political views, they matter. But the problem is not that we take politics too seriously. It's that we take it seriously in all of the wrong ways. That often you'll find folks who bloviate the most, folks who get most upset. It is people who view politics as a hobby as just another form of entertainment. And so one thing that I found in DC, you would think when you're dealing with an issue that it would be folks who have been in the trenches for decades working on an issue, of immigration, civil rights, whatever. The assumption turns out to be wrong. It's actually the folks who are new to the cause who are quickest to condemn. It's those who have been doing the work for a long time who say, well, look, I know where we've come from. I actually have had to spend time, hours and hours in conference rooms with people who disagree with me and I know what they think and have more sympathy for what they think than what folks who are just coming to the table might have. And so all that is just so important.
0: I would imagine that most of our friends here, and me too, have... I've just, i heard this a lot, that people have legitimately lost friends in the last four and five... Family members that we either don't talk to or don't talk like we used to talk, right? I mean, what is the thing for faith people to do? You be Hezekiah for us. What is, I mean, what do we do? How do we survive this again? Uh,
2: so this is actually a great time to be thinking about it because it hasn't saturated our, our culture yet. And so, the, I mean, a few things. One, really think proactively about the kind of person you want to be when it comes to political issues. And do that yourself, do it in community. And maybe even write down some principles of the kind of way you and your people are going to be thinking about talking about our politics. And maybe that's something you keep to yourself. Maybe that's something you share, both for others to hold you accountable to that, but also as a way to bless others and to set a kind of standard and to invite people into a better way. L- our political culture is inviting people into corrosive, destructive ways of engaging in politics yes. all the time. So as Christians, we need to think about what does it look like to invite people into a better way, a way that's other centered, yeah. a way that is gentle and full of joy. Although I know you're against joy now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not against joy. Uh, I'm not
0: against I, joy. I am not against joy
2: i I think joy is okay, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh michael and and, it's and, and fun and yeah. fun you know so i think it's important we don't go to politics for entertainment there are other places for that and one of the problems problems is that we're going to politics to meet all of these spiritual and emotional needs that politics isn't meant to that's meant right. to meet that's right and so A lot of the frustration comes from why am I not able to express myself perfectly through the political system? And the the answer is the whole point is that our politics will never be an expression of you as a person because politics is about community and about difference and mediating difference. And so I'd love to see us set a standard and we'll be imperfect in meeting that standard, but be proactive about saying, you know, this is the kind of person I want to be wow. in the public square, and as I'm you know, posting on Facebook, and as I'm replying to tweets. And if you have the intent to be that kind of person, a lot of the work of becoming that person is already in motion. It, w- yeah. it will happen.
0: Yeah. So you have a book out called Reclaiming Hope, about your time in the White House with yeah. the Obamas.
2: Yeah, that's right. So this book was really a passion project. I wanted to help people Understand what it was like to be a Christian, and there I wasn't the only one. But, but uh, uh, right. what it was like to be a Christian in government. Wanted to help conservative Christians understand some of the disagreements they had uh, with the White House when I was there. Also wanted to help folks who thought that conservative Christians didn't have anything really to complain about understand why some of the complaints were rational and, and needed to be engaged with seriously. So that book is is near and dear to my to my heart, and um, and. Uh, and, and so, so yeah, that's a key.
0: There is no one I like learning from more than Michael Ware because I trust how he feels about Jesus. And so that part makes, even if we don't agree on other stuff, I don't know what that pasta is. We don't agree on everything. Um, well, we gotta
2: fix that. I we mean, gotta you know, that, fix that, that can, for sure. You can continue thinking what you wanna think about politics, but we gotta we, we got make Cavatelli <laughs> together at some point. Right? That's exactly
0: right. <laughs> the question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, Tell me what sounds fun to you.
2: Oh, goodness. So, I mean, making Cavatelli with me sounds like fun. Interested. We still haven't done the water park together.
0: Oh, last time, first time he was on the podcast, he said his favorite thing was to go to a water park. And I was like, really? From the White House to Whitewater. This is the Michael Ware story. That's my
2: next book. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it should be. You're welcome. I'll take a very small cut. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to a Buffalo Bills Super Bowl is what I'm looking forward to. Okay, we need need to... That'll be some fun. Where's
0: Kelsey? I need y'all to know, Kelsey works. She is an athletic trainer for the Buffalo Bills. You take
2: care of our boys.
0: (laughs) 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 I just... I said to Kelsey after VIP, I was like, you have to, you can't leave until I introduce you to Michael because this might be a celebrity moment for him. That you know personally, very personally, a lot of Buffalo Bills more than you do. Yeah, He's never no, well, to, back.
2: We'll swap stories. You can tell me about Josh Allen, I'll tell you about Barack Obama. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be good.
0: Oh, you guys, aren't they just the best? Uh, I love them. Oh, I just love them both so much. Does your brain feel like you've just been given like a fire hose amount of information. I know. They're both brilliant. Okay, so Paula's book, Called Out, is amazing. And her podcast, Faith and Calling, you should be listening to it. It's so good. Michael's book, Reclaiming Hope, and then his podcast, Where's the Love and the Morning Five, y'all. I cannot recommend these friends and their work enough. And be sure to give them a follow on social media if you don't already. Tell them thanks for coming on tour with us, especially if you were with us in Philly or in Greenville. I hope you enjoyed hearing the show again. Share it with your friends tell them i was there if you need anything else for me you know i'm embarrassingly easy to find you know when i'm back from my sabbath summer rest any up downs on instagram twitter facebook all the places you may need me that's how you can find me again in august <laughs> i think that's it for me today friends go out or stay home do something that sounds fun to you and i will do the same today what sounds fun to me hmm what does sound fun to me today I have a new book from Charles Martin to read. And y'all know how we feel about Charles Martin around here. So what sounds fun to me today is reading his novel. So I'm on it. Y'all have a great weekend. Rest hard and play hard. And we'll see you back here on Monday with another That Sounds Fun live tour show featuring, oh gosh, y'all, this is such an awesome pairing. Micah Tyler and Danielle Walker. Oh, we fell deeply in love with both of them at these two shows. Y'all, I cannot wait for you to hear this one. So we'll see you back here on Monday.